Welcome back to Gnostic Insights. My name is Dr. Sid Ropp, and I'm your host. Welcome back to Gnostic Insights. Last week we began going through chapter 14 of my new book, A Simple Explanation of the Gnostic Gospel According to the Tripartite Tractate, and that chapter is about overcoming death and what happens to us when we die, and then how is it that we sometimes come back to earth or that we might be released from this world and go forward into our final resting place. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, go ahead and go back and listen to the previous episode, which was chapter 14, part one, Overcoming Death, and that will lead into this episode here. We're looking at the Bardo Thodal of the Tibetan Buddhists and how it is that they approach death and the similarities between the Bardo Thodal and the tripartite tractate of the Nag Hammadi and also to the Gospel of Jesus Christ recorded in the New Testament. So, picking up from last week, here we go. If you leave this world hating the Christ or Jesus, or the God above all gods, then you are going to fall down through those bardos of hell, and your karma and meme shroud will require you to return to this fallen world. This would not be God's will, but your own ego failing to acknowledge the heavenly self that resides within you. It's your own ego rejecting the fullness and the Father. Quote, And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the cosmos, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were wicked. For everyone who does evil things hates the light and does not approach the light for fear his deeds will be exposed. But whoever acts in truth approaches the light so that his deeds might be made manifest, that they have been worked in God. That's John 19 from the Hart, H-A-R-T, translation of the New Testament. Now quoting from the Tripartite Tractate again, Suddenly he revealed himself to them, approaching them in the form of lightning, and in putting an end to the entanglement which they have with one another. He stopped it by the sudden revelation, which they were not informed about, did not expect, and did not know of. Because of this, they were afraid and fell down, since they were not able to bear the appearance of the light which struck them. Therefore, they fell down to the pit of ignorance, which is called the outer darkness, and chaos, and Hades, and the abyss. End quote. Verse 88, 89. So let's look at this now in terms of the Tibetan Book of the Dead. The Tibetan Book says that the highest intellects ought most certainly to be liberated. But should they not be liberated, then while in the intermediate state of the moments of death, they 
should, quote, practice the transference which giveth automatic liberation by one's merely remembering it, end quote. Our definition of the highest intellects would be Gnostics. In this case, intellect stands for gnosis, not intelligence. Here's how the tripartite tractate describes this Gnostic process, quote, They did not exalt themselves when they were saved, as if there were nothing existing before them, but they confess that they have a beginning to their existence, and they desire this, to know him who exists before them. Most of all, I said that they worship the revelation of the light in the form of lightning, and they bore witness that it appeared as their salvation. End quote. Verse 131. Carrying on with the Book of the Dead, quote, Devotees of ordinary wit ought most certainly to be freed thereby. But should they not be freed, then while in the intermediate state, the devotee should at first examine the symptoms of death as they gradually appear in his dying body allowing self-liberation by observing the characteristics of the symptoms of death, end quote. This passage shows us that we can observe the process of our own death, and rather than feeling fear and clinging to memories and loved ones, we may contemplate our return to the Father and the fullness. We may also count on redemption as promised by the Christ. This remembrance is the good thought, that liberates us, so that our self may ascend meme-free and focused on God. Remember that the second-order powers are called those of the remembrance. The tripartite tractate describes the remembrance on the part of Logos when he escaped the deficiency, and this applies to us as well through the as-above-so-below precept. From that which was deficient in itself, there came those things which came into being from his thought and his arrogance, but from which that which is perfect in him, he left it and raised himself up to those who are his. He was in the Pleroma as a remembrance for him, so that he would be saved from his arrogance. End quote. Verse 78. The promise given to second-order powers is that, quote, not only those who have come forth from the Logos, about whom alone we said that they would accomplish good work, but also those whom these brought forth according to the good dispositions will share in the repose according to the abundance of the grace. That's verse 131. In my simple explanation theory, I would identify those whom these brought forth as my galaxy of cellular and organic units of consciousness that formed my body and accompanied me on this earthly journey. They go where I go. With my more recent Gnostic, what, enlightenment, I would also identify those whom these brought forth, because it says, those who have come forth from the Logos about whom alone we said they would accomplish the good work, but those whom these brought forth according to the good dispositions, well, that's a definition of us second-order powers. So, those whom the Pleroma of Logos brought forth according to the good disposition would be us, because we are the fruit or the fractals of the Pleroma of Logos. When my best friend Lou was passing away in the hospital, she considered herself to be an atheist, and had closed her mind to hearing about God. I wanted to ease her passing, so this is how I put it to her. Lou, you may soon find yourself tumbling in a place as if you had been out body surfing in the ocean, and you'll find yourself tumbling around and you'll feel lost in deep water. 
you won't know which direction is up or down. But open your eyes and look for the light above the water. Look for the sun above the ocean. Raise your eyes and look for the light and swim upward to it. Swim upward. Remember this, Lou. Look for the light and swim upward. This would be an acceptable type of Western interpretation of the Book of the Dead instructions. Back to the reading. They say, quote, Now thou art experiencing the radiance of the clear light of pure reality. Recognize it, nobly born. Thine own intellect, which is now void, yet not to be regarded as of the voidness of nothingness, but as being the intellect itself unobstructed, shining, thrilling, and blissful, is the very consciousness. Void and the intellect shining and blissful. These two are inseparable. The union of them is the state of perfect enlightenment. End quote. In Gnostic terms, we would say that this perfect enlightenment that they're speaking about, your voidness, is the pure self sitting on your throne of consciousness once your ego has been stripped of its meme shroud. Again, reading on, quote, Thine own consciousness, shining, void, and inseparable from the great body of radiance, hath no birth nor death, and is the immutable light. Knowing this is sufficient. Recognizing the voidness of thine own intellect to be Buddhahood will cause the naked consciousness to be recognized as the clear light, and thus recognizing that these are one and the same, you will become permanently united with the Father, and liberation will be certain. End quote. This is the essential message that the Bardo Thodal holds for us Gnostics. The remainder of the Book of the Dead is for the benefit of those who do not remember the Gnosis of the Father and the Fullness. The remainder of the book speaks of terrifying karmic-induced illusions and the sound of wailings and sights of frightful apparitions of the lords of death, whom I would associate with the shadows of eons, the archons. The reader of the Bardo Thodal continues to remind the corpse that, at any moment during these terrifying experiences, one need only remember to divert and go onward and upward toward the Father and the fullness. We are reassured in the tripart tractate that even, quote, those who have been brought forth from the desire of lust for power, having the seed in them which is the lust for power, will receive the reward for their good deeds, namely those who acted and those who have the predisposition toward the good, if they intentionally desire and wish to abandon the vain temporal ambition, and they keep the commandment of the Lord of glory instead of the momentary honor, and inherit the eternal kingdom. End quote. For the souls that continue to resist and won't drop their earthly attachments, the Bardo Thadal says they will find themselves in the worst Bardo, surrounded by blood-drinking deities and being hacked to bits by swords. It recommends offering up this last chance prayer, quote, in earnest faith and humility, whereby all fears will vanish and Buddhahood undoubtedly will be won, end quote. Even those people who have fallen so far in their lifetime as to commit seemingly unforgivable sins will be forgiven if they turn to the clear light of the Father upon death. We carry the fullness of God within us and, according to Gnostics, 
We can remember our gnosis and find redemption and salvation through the Christ by simply remembering it. At any time you recognize the hell you are in, you can always turn your eyes upward to escape torment, even from the fourteenth bardo of hell. Yet some people will continue to align themselves with the demiurge out of willful ignorance. For them, even when all seems lost, the ethereal church offers a lifeline. Quote, As for the servants of the evil one, though evil is worthy of destruction, the church will remember them as good friends and faithful servants and will produce for them angels as guides and servants. And those would be what the Buddhists call the helpful deities. Quoting again, Just as Christ did his will, which he brought forth and exalted the greatnesses of the church and gave them to her. And those are the third order powers that form the pleroma of Christ. Quoting again, So she will be a thought for these. And to men he gives their eternal dwelling places in which they will dwell leaving behind the attraction toward the defect, while the power of the pleroma pulls them up in the greatness of the generosity and the sweetness of the eon which pre-exists. End quote. Verse 135. When you go down, 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 into more and more terrifying and disturbing realms of the bardo, well, this is like bad experiences in our life, is it not? Are these bardos not a reflection of this incarnation, of this fallen world in which we find ourselves? We can choose to live in an enlightened, ascended state, in the midst of love and compassion. Or we can strengthen our egos instead of ourself by acquiring worldly, demiurgic means. This is how people come to find themselves in extreme distress, extreme despair, even bouts of hallucination of the same sorts of visions that assail those lost in the lower domains of the bardos. Too many people experience extreme forms of hell, even as they walk the earth. The goal of this book you are reading is to help you raise your eyes upward and follow the light, the same light that will pull you out of the bardos once you have passed out of this world. Why not pull yourself out of these bardos here and now? Know thyself was an important maxim in ancient Greece. Know thyself refers to the big S, self. Knowing yourself puts you in alignment with the fullness and the Father. By mining your gnosis now and meditating upon the Father, the Son, and the Christ, you prepare yourself to transcend death before you cross over. Quote, For God so loved the cosmos as to give the Son, the only one, so that everyone having faith in him might not perish, but have the life of the age. End quote. And that I would actually retranslate as the life of the eons, because age in the New Testament is the word eons. Then it's usually mistakenly translated as a period of time rather than the entity of the eons. And this is all explained in depth in an earlier chapter of the book. I'm just dropping it into you now on the podcast here. Quoting again, For God sent the Son into the cosmos, not that he might pass judgment on the cosmos, 
but that the cosmos might be saved through him. And that's John 3.16 in Hart's translation. All that you really need to remember is to look upward and remember the Father, the fullnesses, and the Son. At the very least, remember your personal deity. Jesus Christ promises to lead his followers upward to the Father. This is the truth we need to accept now because the lesson of the Bardo Thudal is that if our heart is open to Gnosis while we are alive, we won't have to remember it the hard way after we leave this plane and find ourselves on the run from sword-wielding apparitions in the Bardo state. Once you have become aware of these ethereal planes that are working on us at all times, the good bet is to repent and be redeemed now, sooner rather than later. Live out the remainder of your life in joy, recognizing your true self is the reflection of the sun and the fullness of God. Pray on a regular basis that you might be freed from the delusions of the deficiency. By the way, this prayer is not so much for God's benefit as it is for your benefit. It's your own instruction from yourself to your ego, not to hold too tightly onto the memes of this world. When you earnestly pray to the Father, You experience the presence of God in a tangible way, and yourself rejoices. Remember the Father always. Remember the fullness of God. Take every opportunity that you can every single day to turn your eyes upward, and this will dispel your fear, misery, and despair. Grace be with you all. Onward and upward. See you next week.